Welcome to Pilates 101, the podcast where we bring you the latest and most up-to-date information on anything and everything to do with the Pilates industry to help you build your dreams and your businesses right now. Hey guys, it's Glenn Withers here again, founder of APPI, and it's a delight to be speaking to you in the summer here in the UK, so uh, we're... uh, enjoying some normal weather i'm not going to say it's uh, it's fantastic weather we uh, it's, it's it's a british summertime shall we say but it's nice to have a little bit of warmth and sun around the place for sure and so on to the episode for this month now the main part of this episode is a fantastic interview that i'm about to share with you with michael king now many of you will be familiar with michael he's a huge name in the industry as you may well uh, know it's Michael the trainer Lisa and I uh, 20 odd years ago and um, still one of our favorite people in the Pilates world Um, but the reason I'm speaking to Michael today is there is a lot happening behind the scenes at the moment in relation to a concept called the Society for the Pilates Method and the SPM is a organization that has been sort of brought together by industry leaders and um, Michael has been a big part of that and it's all about trying to create a governing body for want of a better phrase but one that is actually run by and guided by the training organizations themselves and so API has been invited to become on there as a founding member and we're delighted to do so and we will be sharing more and more information about that in my chat with Michael that comes up very soon. Let me take this opportunity just to touch on one other big piece of news, at least for us here at APPI, and that is that we have made the decision to take our usual large UK Pilates conference that is live and is in November in some of the uh, hotels around Heathrow, and we have made the decision to make that a virtual event this year. We've been following it and following all of the guidance and everything as you can imagine, um, but when the, the sort of latest sort of freedom day was pushed back a little bit to uh, July 19 and I know we've had some some different news on this in the last week but the event was becoming harder and harder to truly guarantee that it could go ahead and more so than anything we have presenters coming from all over the world and that's the nature of this event the quality of the teachers and it is the quality of the teachers and the fact that we bring teachers in from all the various training schools from all corners of the globe to deliver this one weekend event where we we truly get behind the meaning of the event which is the one goal one community concept and so one goal one community is all about bringing the pilates industry and the pilates organizations together to deliver a weekend of workshops where you can access training from all of the master trainers that we can get to come together in this one weekend and so we have decided to move it to a virtual event. Um, And that is mainly to do with being able to get these world-class presenters in and out of the UK in a somewhat feasible manner. And so thank you very much to all of you that have already booked on to to conference. We've started with around about 120 of you already booked on to the event, that's fantastic. And I know that uh, you're moving to a virtual event, um, it might be like, oh, no, not again, but I promise you, This is gonna be amazing. We're working behind the scenes super hard. We're gonna create a new platform for the event to sit on, so it's gonna be really easy for you to access your sessions. We're working with our exhibitors to bring fantastic discounts and offers and special offers for you across the board on all of the um, 
exhibitors that would normally be at the live event, but more so what this has allowed me to do is I'm in the process of securing some of the biggest names in the industry that we haven't been able to get across to these shores before. So I might be jumping the gun here a little bit, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, I think we're gonna be able to secure uh, Elizabeth Larkham and Madeline Black out of the US. Now these are two of the biggest names in the industry. Elizabeth Larkham has been teaching rehabilitation-based Pilates for decades and decades. She's an extremely well-published author and truly recognized as a Pilates master trainer worldwide. And Madeline Black, who's one of the most published authors in the world, she's an absolute tower of knowledge and uh, together they'll be presenting one session, each one on the Saturday, one on the Sunday. And these are people I've wanted at the event for years and years and years and haven't been able to get them here because they're US based and travel all over the world. But being a virtual event, we've been able to secure their services, which is fantastic news for us. Alan Erdman's with us, Michael King's with us. Um, it's the only way to get Irene Ice from Australia who does our therapeutic yoga. There was no way we were gonna get her in or out of Australia, that's for sure. So. Now we can get her in, a little bit of a moving around with the schedule to adjust for time zones and what have you. We've brought on the Healthy Hit program back onto the program. We've got uh, Christina Holding doing that for us, who's absolutely amazing. So you can get your heart rate up at the end of the Saturday as well. And um, we've got some other people coming from the States, as I said, from Australia. Um, I'll be doing some sessions for you. We're gonna have an entire program run out of our head office here in London. So we're really, really committed. We're confident that we can bring you an event that is not only the best virtual event you can possibly have, but it is truly going to be the best array of teachers that we've ever been able to bring together. And we're trying to cover all elements for you guys. We're doing some map-based sessions. We're doing some reformant-based sessions. Lee Morgan's doing a specific social media session on how to utilize social media to build your Pilates business. We've got... Um, pediatric sessions um, going in terms of the growing spine and how you use Pilates for the growing spine. Um, we've got sessions um, on women's health. We've had a, a, it's a big top um, push out there at the moment for lots and lots of information about that. So we've got sessions each and every day around pelvic health, pelvic floor, um, return to sport issues, post-pregnancy and utilizing high-level exercises and a, a range of other topics for you that is just truly, I believe, astounding. So we're putting the final touches on the schedule. All the information will be coming out to you. Those of you that have already booked, you've already had communications from us. You guys will be getting first choice of all the sessions. And I promise you guys, this is going to be an amazing event. So I hope you get behind the event. I hope you get behind us because it uh, really, truly is the only way we can deliver such high quality speakers to you in the current world that we live in. But look, enough of that from me. The real point of the podcast today is to hear from Michael and to update you guys on all the fabulous work in and around creating the Society for the Pilates Method and what it may allow us to do to help bring the industry forwards and forwards with a stronger voice in the years to come. Here's Michael King, and more about the Society for the Pilates Method. All right, guys, as I said in the intro there, I'm delighted to have the, the man that taught Elisa and I Pilates and brought us into this industry and one of the biggest names around and a key figure in the Society for the Pilates Method, which is what we're going to touch on today. So, Michael King, welcome to Pilates 101. It's lovely to have you here. 
Thank you. It's good to be back. We kind of did this because you were my guest and you, we put it on your 101. So yeah. it's, I, I want to say it's glad to be, I'm glad to be back. But of course, from your events, yes. um, I'm obviously not a stranger to API. Well, that's for sure. And you're not a stranger to anyone in the Pilates industry. Let's be honest about that. Um, so I will. No, I still, I still meet people to say I've never heard of you, and I always say I've never heard of you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. It is. Um, now look, let me let me clear up because I will have to invite you back on here another time when we actually talk more about you and you as a person and your sort of story um, around how how you know your Pilates journey and all of that because that is. Is fascinating, and I know our members would want to hear that story for sure. Um, but given that you know we've um, been engaged recently in some conversations around the Society for the Pilates Method, um, or the SPM as it's abbreviated, and I had to get those words in the right order because I got them wrong when I spoke to Elisa, <laughs> and, she, and she said they're calling it what? And I was like, no, maybe I've got that wrong. So I uh, I have clarified that. Um, so yes. Uh, Let's talk about this because many of our members may or may not be aware of, of, of what's happening, but this is, is around governance and organisation and trying to get a sort of um, clarity over the, the quality of teaching and the foundation of, of what's taught through various schools. Um, so I'm keen to hear from you, Michael, really about sort of the, the backstory here and outline what this is all about to us. Yeah, it's not, actually, believe it or not, it's, this started in 2002 when the, uh, Oxford and Cambridge came to us, uh, OCR came to us, and said they wanted to have a qualification in Pilates. Um, and so we gave them our Matwork Stage 1, and that became uh, the first national framework qualification in the UK, but also work worldwide, where it was OCR Level 2, um, or Pilates Level 2. Um, that went on, of course, it kind of created rumbles in the industry and shortly following that in 2005, a group of us came together and created the level three Pilates. Now, it was um, a lot of meetings which involved lots of packets of biscuits and lots, eventually lots of red wine. Um, but we finally got to a point where we all agreed, because we were coming from very different places on training. Um, some were very apprentice-based training, some had a lot of practice hours. I mean, it was really different, but we found a common agreement about what we all felt was a good Pilates grounding. Because a qualification is the start of anything. I mean, anyone in the profession knows that you know, your clients are going to teach you 10 times more than any course, but you have to have a start of pointing. And so level three, we were very happy with it. Um, and so we're finding when we handed over the qualification of level three, Matt, uh, we were giving all these great promises by Skills Active and eventually reps about moving on to do apparatus. What we watched happen with that qualification, the first thing we learned is once you've done a qualification, you hand it over, you have nothing to say to it. You don't manage it, you, don't, you have nothing. And even though we were seeing things we couldn't quite believe happening with that qualification, as in how quickly it was being delivered, um, we were told that you know that we would be called up when it was external verified. Um, so we were very over the years since 2005. I, we've watched it really change and get diluted from what we established back uh, as a group. And then we had reps, which was uh, sold back whenever that was. Everything's a bit blurry on timelines at the moment. But reps got sold, and Sims kind of self-appointed themselves to take over from reps. Um, 
and they were, we were called into meetings because they said this was just two years ago, 18 months ago. We were said, look, they wanted to update level three. They realized there was a necessity for upgrading or updating it. So we all went to the meetings, and literally, it was like Joseph Blatter's funeral. I mean, everybody in the UK <laughs> that teaches Blatter's or teaches teachers in Blatter's was at those meetings. And they kind of divided us into group, two groups, and um, I was in one group uh, with Alan Herdman, and, and they were uh, clearly, they, did, they knew nothing about Blatter's. They were looking at what they were coming to us for our opinions. Um, uh, and so we gave a lot of opinions. Basically, you know, we were told that um, the, the industry-led demand was for shorter courses. So I, I was saying, okay, and there were strange things happening in which they said, look, you can come out of a course as an expert. I'm like, how can that happen? You know, if you've not seen any clients and you've not taught any classes, how can you be seen as an expert? And this is all coming from a coaching approach. Um, and so... We were all a bit disillusioned, and it was actually Simsper that gave us the idea, because they said to us, they got a bit frustrated with us, which was not to be surprised, actually. Uh, they said, look, if you guys got your act together and created an organization, uh, we'd have to come to you for advice. So I left one of the meetings and got on the train, Hannah Jones from the foundation was me, with me and Rosie, Miles uh, also from the foundation. And I said, listen, guys, this is crazy. Why don't we do what they say? Let's get together. We did it back in 2005. Let's get together and create an organization that we can not control, but we have more say, definitely, in how the standards and the qualifications are managed. And it should be managed by the industry, not managed by a coaching organization that really just is doing tick boxing. Um, and that's how the the whole thing got started. Um, initially, it was the, uh, the the group that had done that level three plot is, um, um, that came together. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to work, as you say. <laughs> you kind of hold your breath. We've been in so many meetings over the years about different things that don't go to fruition. So we said, look, let's just see what we can do as a, as a group. Uh, we had a starting point. The starting point was level three. Matt work. Yep. But what we wanted to move on for, which we were promised, which never happened, was that we want to have a qualification in uh, comprehensive with operators. Um, and so that we spent most of the time, we looked at the Matt work, we said, no, this is great. What we did was great. We, you know, we had a real good study, but it's just not what's been lived now for level three. Um, and so we came up with a standard. We decided to work with... Um, uh, PTA, uh, PTA, PD, PD approval, yeah, PD approval, get my letters wrong, um, <laughs> as an external body to manage what we're doing. Yep. And we created a society, and to be honest, we wanted to keep the costs down. We didn't want to have a membership organization like reps. We didn't want to have that where teachers would join and reps, would, you would have to control it. So we decided to have a different approach where we would go to the training providers to become members of what we were doing. So the training providers would be responsible for their teachers. Uh, we would have a register for everyone to go on when they reached that standard. We would grandfather people in who had been teaching for a long time that had trained with us previously. Uh, we wanted this to be a really positive uh, step forward. Now, the exciting part, obviously, having you guys coming on board, um, is that we opened the door to having other professionals, not just fitness professionals, which it was with reps and Simsper. Yeah. And I think that's more exciting than I, than I can tell, because it is 
bringing in other professionals in the who are teaching Pilates, but from different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, you will always be seen as Pilates teachers. Yeah. You know, if you do have a physio qualification, fantastic. But this is for Pilates. Um, so yes, that's really the short. Uh, version of the story. Once we knew that we we had it, and we that we were um, we reached out to the training providers who are doing comprehensive training. Uh, one of the shocks along the way, and this really came from the meeting since, but finding out that there were seventy seven zero companies doing Pilates education in the UK. Really, that really shocked me. I did not know and that at all. I know that. I know. I know. Years... Neither did I. You, that reaction was what I had. I know. Like, I thought, I, I thought they were talking about seven. Yeah. It's 70. Gosh. 70 training providers in the United Kingdom. It's obviously, some of them I'd never heard of. Uh, but um, it's in, some of them have reached out, actually, because of the website being launched. We've had lots of uh, emails coming in from training providers. And, again, some of them are more apprentice-based studios. Some are you know, more, uh, how can I be, uh, corporate, uh, not corporate, leisure center-based you know, but there's a lot of education going on in Pilates. Really, what we want to do is pull up our socks on what we believe should be a baseline for education and push, you know, well, lead or whatever we'll say, the education providers to be better in what they're delivering. Yeah. Because what we've seen, as I say, is really it's been diluted. <coughs> we don't want bad Pilates teachers. Our whole mission is to promote the method. Uh, and it has to come from the education providers. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I'm still trying to comprehend with my 70. head who, who were the 70 companies teaching. Because I remember years and years ago, you did start to get things popping up everywhere, right? One day Pilates qualifications here, there, everywhere. And then I really thought, honestly thought, okay, that it all come down and it had come down to those sort of main, if you like, for want of a better approach, teaching providers, the more recognised companies and that no, all those little things had gone away but that that's very surprising because i did when i heard this i was like well, why did i know this i found out a lot of them are very regional based okay so they're not national based they're more regionally and yeah. like, and catering for people in their county or their, yeah. their area um and <laughs> a lot of people we know because they train through us going back you know from plus institute days um but a lot of people have not done one of the things we were asking for our trainers, for teachers of math, is they understand the concept of, um, understand the system of the apparatus. That's a big move forward. For, so even if you're delivering just math work, is that you have an understanding of the whole system. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tutors, not the, not the teachers, but the tutors. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of, uh, for some of the education providers, who is maybe a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, if I sort of, pick this apart a little bit so I can get the information out to, to our members so um, you know you guys uh, reached out to us which we were delighted by and, and we're very keen to be part of the organisation and we're going through our processes at the moment to to become a founding member with you guys and, and assist this process for sure um, because obviously you know as many of those listening now will know our our conference, which is going virtual this year, Michael, as you know, you're you're joining us and and, and going to be there virtually. <laughs> yes, um, but that conference is all about one goal, one community, and simply creating well-informed teachers, irrespective of the training school or where you've trained. Let's all get together and share knowledge and upskill 
all of us in what we do because at the end of the day, of course, our job is to get our clients better. Um, and, and we do that by having been really well trained and well qualified in what we do. So the concept here is effectively creating a set of standards by which the training providers all sign up to. And by achieving that set of standards, we start to get some form of quality control across the industry as who comes out as a Pilates teacher. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and there's, there's an area which has been neglected, I would say, is that what we're calling embodiment, is that not just learning how to teach the method, but actually learning the method yourself and getting it more in your body. And we're not talking about doing advanced movements, we're not talking about performance or strictly come dancing or any of that. What we're talking about is getting an awareness about movement yourself. And so there is, there's part of the standard which addresses that. Okay. You know, whether you're doing it online classes, whether you're doing it in a studio, you know, but there has to be time when you... It's, I always say, and I've probably have said this to you before, it's, it's like trying to teach swimming when you can't swim. You know, you stand on the side of the pool and say, just move your arms, move your arms. Yeah. You know, it's that same feeling as if you can really embrace it. And we, I know, listen, it's not about doing three hours a day or anything crazy like that. But there has to be time when you actually do it for yourself and not just for your clients. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there has to be. And that's a new part of the qualification, the standard, which we're addressing. Um, it's exciting because, of course, we're promoting... You know, that people get healthier themselves. Yes, of course. <laughs> Practitioners. Yeah. Not just looking after your clients, but you. But, but also, it's going back to the roots where you would never teach Pilates unless you've been a client for at least a year in a studio, back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, another thing which I think you'd be very excited was that Jonathan Grubb, who you know, yes, uh, yes. He's, uh, he's doing a whole time, a UK timeline for us of Pilates. And we're finding out things. I have no idea. I did not know that Bloods was in the UK in the 60s with okay. Valerie Rombert, uh, that they were bringing New York teachers in. So we've got this whole new, exciting understanding of how it has evolved. Um, you know, obviously, Alan taught me, Alan taught everyone. Dreyas yeah. Venicky was Alan's first teacher, things that I didn't know that, you know, in Notting Hill Gate. So we've got a lot of understanding still to, to learn about you know how we are sat here doing Pilates today and obviously the style of Pilates that, you, that you're doing because ultimately as you said earlier you you, ed, you get educated but then you you develop your skill yeah. and you, you come to your events you go to workshops you go to classes you get you it keeps you the whole thing and so eventually you have your own style of Pilates as a practitioner yes you're, teaching, you're working just so in a clinical environment or if you're teaching in a dance school or wherever you're teaching, your client's going to lead you into that style. And what, the one thing we are really are very insistent on is every, we're not saying you have to do this style of Pilates with the SPM. We want different styles of Pilates out there. We want different practitioners out there. We're not doing an army of 100 people doing breathing in for five with no music, with the alpha five with no music. You know, it's not about that. It's about encouraging the method to move forward but with good background behind the education. That's what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's not just a set of movements. And a lot of the schools, they teach just the movement. They don't teach the body. They don't teach you know, what's behind the easiest thing, which is the movements. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're saying, look, it's time to get serious about this. And yes, that's what we've been working on for the SPM. Yes, very good, very good. So again, just coming back to a few things that you've touched on there. 
part of this and, and when schools sign up for us is also the concept of looking at the people that are teaching the, the courses and looking at yes. how well trained the tutors are um, and the concept that the person teaching the course um, understands the full breadth of what Pilates has to offer irrespective of if I'm teaching a, a mat work module or a continual education module or an apparatus or equipment module um, that tutor has gone through a comprehensive training program themselves. Is that correct? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, there, there will be specialists out there for, you know, for different subjects that don't know everything about Pilates, and we want those specialists to come in with those skill sets. But no, it's, um, yeah, we're saying whoever's delivering the training has got good quality. And another shock, which still kind of shocks me, is that to deliver currently in the UK, to deliver the level three qualification in Pilates, you only need that qualification. Gosh, so, right, okay. So, you know, so we've got educators out there that only know a certain part of the Pilates system. So we're not saying you can't do this. We're just saying do it better, you know. Yep. Do it better. Learn, you know. And we're not saying you have to buy a Reformer or buy a Cadillac or, you know, have that in your living room. We're just saying you need to understand that system. So... There's pathways to it. You know, we're saying with the training providers, look, let's give your tutors a year to learn it. We're not saying you have to know it now. Let's be yeah. sensible about this. You know, but the tutors, and I just <laughs> had a conversation about this, where they were saying, well, my tutors don't need to know that. They'll never, they'll never know. I said, but look at it this way. With the repertoire of the apparatus, you have a whole different set of movements. Those movements you can bring into your mat work. Yeah. I do it on a daily basis in my classes. So if you want to enhance your map work by just knowing those movements, the repertoire, you're already opening the door to more varied map work classes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we. I mean, come on! But this is crazy. You're, you know, there's 34 movements. Let's let's expand that and let's yeah. bring in the movements from the reformer, from the chair, and let's and let's really be positive about this. You know, yes, you will understand then the system, the whole system which was how it was taught. Because back in New York, there wasn't macro classes and apparatus studios. It wasn't group performer. Everything was done in one room. Yeah. So the origins of this is that whole system. Yeah. Um, of course, things have changed, as we've talked about, on how we know the body now. But, you know, I think, I think the, the future is positive, and we've needed something. The other thing, of course, about everything that's happened until now, as far as we're concerned, not with you guys, any of the restrictions put onto Pilates have been fitness-based. Yeah. So we had a very exciting meeting with Skills Active, which you know, we've been talking about this for years, about making Pilates a profession. And they're saying if we have, things have changed as far as recognizing professions, and if we can get a good register of teachers together that we represent, not just from one school, then absolutely we can move, it, move forward Pilates as a profession. And that would be amazing. That would be truly amazing for yeah. the method. But we <clears> have <throat> to be, you know, there has to be uh, protocols and practices put in place for those for those things to happen. So together we're stronger. And that's what I keep saying to, you know, yes, we're competitors. You know, all of us are doing the same thing, really. We're training people to teach Pilates. But together, as a group, we can move the method forward. And that's what... What I think I'm really excited about is that. Yeah, of course, because then you know I think it, you know, sometimes with these things timing is everything. But that concept as well, isn't it? Having come through the pandemic, 
and being grouped in with gyms and larger fitness environments has really, for want of a better phrase, and I'm just giving my opinion here, Michael, I won't uh, throw you under the bus with me. Um, you know, it has hamstrung a huge amount of what could be done in smaller venues who can control the environment, who can open windows, who can control flow in and out of their studios, as opposed to big gym environments where group exercise is in a contained space with poor ventilation and different air conditioning systems and things that, that didn't allow the government to do that, whereas many, many Pilates studios could have been doing things in a very safe manner if there was some sort of recognition that it wasn't a gym and it wasn't just part of the whole fitness fraternity, that there is this separate industry out there that can be very well controlled and very made very safe. Yeah, I think, you know, we've learned a lot. and we've, One of the things we've learned is the people organising things have tried to do the best job they can, but obviously they've made mistakes along the way and none of us were prepared for what we've gone through. Um, but being put with a fitness club, you know, we, many of our teachers have got small studios, they've got garden studios, they've, you know, they're working very individually, they're not teaching in large clubs. I mean, there are yeah. teachers out there teaching in large clubs. Um, but it, it's, it's not so simple to say, well, that Pilates is just fitness. I mean, you know, to give an example here, it's crazy. They opened up the gyms and they're saying for aerobics and for running and for strength training, you don't need to wear a mask in the gym. But if you're doing yoga, you're doing Pilates, you have to double mask. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so, who was smoking some funny stuff when they came up with that one? That absolutely doesn't make sense that for yoga and Pilates, you have to double I, mask. Can I just clarify? What you're talking about is Greece. Yeah, right? I'm talking about Greece. Yeah, right, just no, no confusion there for the UK. No, 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 no,
and that register will be open to people that are trained under those training organisations that are members of this Society for the Pilates Method. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, everyone we've trained that has reached a level of education um, that matches what we're, we're, we're asking for the new standard, we're grandfathering over to the register. So they won't have to do any more training, you know. Um, they have to become part of the membership program because we are, as an organisation, we will be managing, each training provider will be managing the CPDs. Yeah. To make sure that they've done enough to maintain. And again, going back to CPDs, with reps, you could do CPDs in knitting and it could go towards your blood qualification. You know, we're making sure that CPDs are equivalent, uh, appropriate for the blood's method. Yeah. Uh, but then that again, that would be as a training provider, that would be up to you deciding what is appropriate for your teachers uh, yeah. to continue with their for their education. We are having some guidelines. We were talking at a meeting yesterday. We were, we're talking about the CPD guideline about we're not so different with what we're asking. Um, so yes, those are the things that are going to be decided. Um, they're not yeah. fully in stone yet. Yeah. A, a lot of it. But yeah, anyone interested in joining the society? They have to go to their training provider. So I'm guessing if they're listening to Pilates 101 with you, that your teachers they will be coming to you for information about how to join yeah. as a, as a society as a member. Yeah, exactly. Good. And that then brings us on to something you mentioned just earlier that interested me, and you've just touched on it. Then is this concept that when you train as a Pilates teacher and you do your, for want of a better word, you do your foundation training. In like any profession, right? Like as a, as a physio, you know, we, we do our degree and then we learn so much more after the fact. And, and that's the same in anything. You know, my, my father-in-law is an accountant and he would say the same thing, that he went to accountancy school and then he got in the job and actually started to learn what he was actually doing. And part of being a well-trained Pilates teacher and part of having standards within an industry does involve the concept of continuing to evolve and continuing to learn. So part of the concept will be some guidance around continuing education and what people need to do on that basis. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at CPDs as two things. One is actually education, which is courses. Um, and the other is with practice, like your event, you know, if they're going to come and do classes. Uh, we'll, we'll think about a point system, which is double points for courses. If you're doing personal training with a teacher, that's different than if you're in a group. So we're, we're looking to see, okay, we, we had these in the old days where we had log books, where you logged what you did through the year, whether you went to do a, a, a studio session in a, in a studio somewhere you were visiting, you know, that, that would go towards your CPDs. And, but again, that would be something you would decide as, as to what's appropriate. Okay, great, great. Um, and then I know we're going to start to be asked these questions um, and I don't know if there's a straightforward answer to this, Michael, so please tell me honestly what, what the answer or not to this is. When the society is you know, fully up and running and as member organisations, we've got everything sorted out and um, we're starting to bring our teachers across to the register, um, how does this sit? in relation to those that are on a reps register or a simspa register how does this work is this instead of alongside of how does the register that will sit on the society how does that compare to or relate to what that from a teacher's point of view i'm sure there's going to be people um, that need to be on this 
the sims per register because of their profession and um, absolutely I mean what we've been asked for um, for teachers that haven't done the level three is they've asking for letters that they've done the training and they've gone on to the sims per register yeah. but really in a way it's um, so I'm sure teachers if they want to be on both they could be on both but if you don't need to be on sims per register for your profession then this gives you a place where you can be seen in the profession not just with your training provider but as a group so we've yeah. got in control with Alan's teachers with you with us we'll all be there as a, as a group represented yeah <clears throat> so promoting the register is obviously on the list of things that we're looking at for the employers you know that the employers have got different places to go look and check on qualifications um, and obviously Sibspo is one of the places they could check um, but mm. we want to make sure that the register is another place that they can check yeah, okay, good. And one thing that I wasn't aware of, and I've just picked it up in conversation there, is uh, by getting the support of our teachers that have qualified with us and bringing them across and getting them on the register and getting their buy-in to help us create a, a more robust governance of Pilates as an industry will then help in terms of actually... How much, um, how much the, the society can then push forward to gain even more recognition of the industry so that the concept oh, of absolutely. being collective absolutely. and getting as many teachers that we represent then gives us a lot more... Uh, power. Yeah, yeah I was trying to find the right word. But yeah, you that, know, it's, it's not power. It's, 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 you've got a lot more uh, strength, strength. You know, to go, yeah. forward, go forward as, uh, as a profession. Uh, I mean, it's really interesting what's happened in other countries. You know, this is not unique to UK. We've got the, the Dutch organization, which has recently been launched. Uh, we've had the Italian organization, which has been launched for several years, the German Federation, the Swiss Federation. I mean, it's happening in other countries. Um, it's interesting, though, that they've a lot of these uh, have been contacting us because the one difference about what we're doing is the standard. Is we're saying we've drawn a line in education, saying this is what we've all agreed to deliver. Um, whereas the other organizations don't have that standard. So there's been a lot of questions about how this can move forward outside the UK. And, and I mean, you've got members, in, international members. We've got international members, body control do. You know, and as I say, already our teachers from Italy are saying, we want to be part of this. You know, I'm like, but you've got an Italian organization. They're <laughs> saying, but we want to be part of this. So you know, I think it's, it's, some of it's unknown as to... Um, where we can go to. Some of it, as I say, that meeting, which must have been about 15 years ago, I think, or 10 years ago at least, when we had a meeting with Skills Active, it was a group of people, I can't remember if you were there at that one. We had a group, it was in somewhere over on the south of the river. And um, um, and we they explained how we could make blood as a profession. It was going to be, we could either draw down funding, which we'd missed that year, um, or um, it was going to cost about £20,000. Uh, to go away, have an external body like Oxford University write uh, the qualification for the profession. Uh, but unfortunately, that never moved forward because nobody really wanted to spend the money that time. Yeah. Yeah. But what they've explained is that that system has changed now. And they said it's going to be a lot easier with a group of people. Rather than say one training provider coming forward and saying, I'm a training provider, I want to be recognized. They said, you're not doing that. You're doing it as a group of training yeah. providers. Yeah. And you're representing a wide group of teachers. Yeah. Which is what is what they look at when they when they want to move something forward. So great, great. It is very exciting. I, I do recall um, 
many, many years ago, I'm going to be saying 15, 16, 17 years or so, sitting around a table with you and uh, many other heads of various training providers simply trying to define what is a Pilates teacher. Um, I, think that, <laughs> I think that was four meetings of two hours each that was simply based around trying to get a definition, um, which was my first insight into, into this whole world of trying to get everyone to agree on a common goal. Well, you wrote that really great article uh, which you said, you know, people coming from different backgrounds uh, for the Body Workers Journal, uh, for people to bring different skill sets with them. And a dancer, a runner, you know, somebody working clinically, you know, everyone is coming to Pilates with a different eye, and so they're going to be using it differently. And that's not good or bad, it's just what it is. Yeah. And I think that's why it's been so hard to get a definition. And, and we want that. We want that diversity. Uh, but I think what I'm desperate for is good education. Yeah. So I think people spending money need to know that they're spending money on good education. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, you know, I don't want teachers coming to me and saying, oh, I spent all this money, I don't know anything. You know, no, no, that has to come from the training providers. So we, I'm sure there's individual training providers that will not want to be part of what we're doing because they're probably making money and they're probably, at the moment... And not seeing this as, as, as needed. But we're going to be putting pressure on the training providers to, 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 you know, to see, to provide good training. That's yeah. really what we're doing. We're not saying we own it. We're just saying, <laughs> do what you do, but do it better. Yeah. You know, just do it better than, rather than just, you know, I, I mean, I've been running our bridging courses and, you know, some teachers coming on the bridging course, you always have this um, idea that they know the basics and you know when some of the stories that people have shared, shared uh, with me is um, they were, some of them wasn't even taught breathing I said mm. what do you mean we're taught breathing they said oh you know you could just breathe when you want it I'm like no there's a another one was like they were asking about imprint and the tutor said you don't need to know that and I'm like that, that's, that's absolutely the worst answer of Pilates game so when I hear stories from teachers coming to me telling me what they've gone through in education I go absolutely crazy you know most of the time I might seem like a really nice person but there are times I just want to smash something because I think that's not what this is we none of this none of us going into this wanted that to happen when we created level three we did not want that to happen we wanted good teachers you know with diversity so yes that's kind of the 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 nutshell of what's What's happening in the Pilates world? Yes, which is, is very exciting, and you know, um, you're very commendable in terms of yourself being at the the forefront here. Um, and we're delighted to um, you know, to be invited in and to be part of it, and we're committed to the to the process. Um, so, just for for those of you listening, we're going through that process at the moment, and we will be sending more information out to you guys once we've followed the formalities of you know mapping and and making sure that the the training that we deliver addresses the standards, which um, you know, thankfully, it, it does all seem to, so that's very good. Um, but we will uh, uh, obviously let all of our members know exactly once all the boxes are ticked and, and when that's actually happening. And, and it, uh, you've heard from Michael here that things are still evolving, things are still sort of being figured out as, as we go. So we will update you all on that side. But let me, uh, let me uh, finish, Michael, on something not related purely to the society, but... Uh, um, as many of you out there um, will know, uh, we've been holding on and holding on trying to make our conference in November a live event, and um, unfortunately we can't do that. There is too much uncertainty, and we've got presenters coming in from all sorts of countries, and they all have different rules and regulations, and 
So we have made the difficult decision to make it virtual, but we have um, you know, committed ourselves to making it the best virtual event we possibly can. And one of those is having yourself, Michael, and you've put forward a session to us that sounds absolutely fascinating. And you're going to have to explain this a little bit uh, to us here, which is the poles and towels Pilates, yes, is that yes. right? Yeah, we, we know, when all this happened, we all went online. You know, a lot of people did not have kit at home. They didn't have the mini balls, the rings. And, you know, we, got, we tried to get creative. And, uh, well, I have to be very creative. I did Pilates <laughs> in your kitchen. I did Pilates on your patio. You know, I've done Pilates everywhere. But we started using towels and poles and broomsticks, basically. You don't have to have... A, a wooden dowel pole, which you could do if you wanted, but lots of people have been coming to class with just uh, root sticks, taking off the, the brush end, so you've got a, a light pole. But it's just another way of um, getting feedback, you know, when you don't have the larger pieces of apparatus, you don't have the springs, and you don't have that contact. And so it's, yeah, I taught a class this morning, actually. I did a, a towel and pole class this morning. Every time I do it, suddenly I discover that's different. And the one thing I did discover is that if I grease here, it greases the towel. You can mop yourself in between exercises. <laughs> <laughs> so multitasking with that. But now I'm, I'm excited about doing the towel and pole because, as I say, it's a creative session. Yeah, it's um, great. It's, um, the pole is, is, you know, is a good tool. The towel on its own is a good tool. But putting the two together, you can um, really have some fun. Uh, it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. Well, look, Michael, I thank you for your time today. This has been fantastic. Um, I'm sure it will create lots of questions for our, our members as well, so we'll answer those. But really just to say thank you very much on behalf of all of us in the wider Pilates world for everything that you do and continue to do uh, above and beyond anything just to keep pushing the profession forward. So we thank you for welcome. that welcome and if people want to check out the website it is unfortunately the long spelling of the society for the Pilates method um, dot com so if you want to check out the website there there is a lot of um, uh, Q&A's there people asking questions but as I say it all comes back if there's any other questions on the website they'll become, uh, my suggestion is to come to you okay brilliant well again thank you very much Michael we appreciate your time You're welcome have a great day you too bye 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 Hey everyone and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Michael there. Um, certainly, you know, I touched on it at the start of the show here this month about the virtual conference. Michael just touching on his brooms and towels session that he's bringing to the event, which does sound fantastic as well. But more so, guys, I hope you've um, enjoyed the experience of being educated on what happens behind the scenes with the industry. The fact that APPI is an organisation is joining forces with Michael King, with Body Control, with the Pilates Foundation, and many others will come. But we are um, delighted to be one of the founding members of this thing, part of moving this profession forward, and I hope we have your support in doing that. Now, there will be more communications coming out over the coming sort of weeks and months in relation to how this works, so please just sort of be patient for that as it comes out. I hope you guys are all well. It is, as I said at the start there, it's coming up to summertime here. Um, let's see what travel is available or not. But um, I know my family and I, we're staycationing here in the UK this, this year and we're looking forward to it. Um, I hope whatever it is that you guys get to do, to share time with your loved ones, with your family and your friends, and hopefully enjoy some summer weather here in the UK, that it's good to you. For those of you who are in the rest of the world, 
Um, we know that it's different in every part of the globe right now. So please know we're thinking about all of our family and friends within the APPI family and community across the world. And we hope that the second half of this year is a good one for all of us, God willing. And we certainly hope that 2022 sees us get back to some form of normality. Uh, my name is Glenn Withers, founder of APPI Health Group, and on behalf of Elisa Withers, my co-founder, myself, my team in head office, and all of our presenters across the globe, we wish you all the best of the weather ahead. Bye for now.